0: What do people need to feel like they're empowered to succeed in their work mm-hmm. and it's not universal? Everybody's a little bit different and you want that. That's how you leverage the power of diversity to get such high-performing teams. But you have to make sure that you're at least acknowledging their differences and concerns and making space for that.
1: Are you ready to reinvent your organization and create a workplace of the future? Welcome to the Optimized Workplace. My name is Fran Dean Bishop and I'm the founder and CEO of Aerobody. Join me each week as I welcome innovators, A-listers, and trailblazers who will share their individual experiences with creating an optimized workplace. This podcast will inspire you to find new and unique ways of helping your organization thrive while providing an exceptional experience for your employees and nourishing their well-being. Ready to get started? Learn more at theoptimizedworkplace.co. Welcome to the Optimize Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop, where our discussions with influencers, experts, and innovators are helping transform the well-being and sustainability of today's workplaces and spaces. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Alex Schuchman, who is the CEO of Barometer XP, a company that uses games to spark insightful conversations about how team members can better communicate and collaborate towards shared goals. Alex leads virtual and in-person experiences that help individuals and teams explore self-awareness and make meaningful, sustainable culture change. Now, before the phenomenal Barometer XP existed, Alex actually founded and ran AIS Collaborations, a consulting firm that helps small businesses reach their new levels of success through simple systems, stronger organizational techniques, and better planning. That fits kind of hand in hand. I can see how you've made the segue, but I won't take away the secret sauce. We'll get into that in just a moment. Alex also has an MPP from the George Washington University, one of our local universities here in D.C., and she has a B.A. in psychology from Colby College, which I'm sure informs your work quite a bit. She also is a certified PMP, project management professional, and DISC coach. So without further ado, Alex, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. I love this conversation around game and gameplay, as we just talked about. We had on another expert a couple of months ago, and I thought that was a fascinating conversation. Just because, you know, when you think about the psychology around what it takes to make a great game and give it stickiness, hopefully not addictiveness. I don't like that term, but addictiveness to make people want to come back to it again and again and again makes sense. And when you marry that with a work environment, you're a home run for a company culture. So before we get into that, tell us, you know, what brought you to this work? Why Barometer and what made you leave the path of AIS and, and start this new venture?
0: Yeah, it's a, a great question and, and not a path I intentionally set out on. It's very serendipitous in many ways. Um, I, for about 10 years, was in the operations management and organization development space. Uh, mainly because I loved the work. I was I was in public policy before in public health and loved the work, but worked in a lot of really disorganized places. I think a lot of nonprofits and a lot of very mission and service oriented workplaces tend to be very reactive because all of the resources are going to, to doing the work and achieving the outcomes and not much on infrastructure and process and, and culture development and leadership development. And I felt like these are workplaces that are trying to accomplish great things. They could be really organized. They could be really purposeful and, and proactive in how they do their work. And so, that's that's where I shifted. And uh, both internally, then, when I started AIS as my own consulting company, I was really focused on so systems and processes, the more, um, I guess, the more tangible things that, that clog up the workday that people would get really frustrated with, you know, oh, it seems like we're always reinventing the wheel when we have this type of deliverable coming up, or every time we hire somebody new, it's really chaotic and, and nobody knows what's supposed to happen. So how do you put structures in place? But when I went to actually do that work, what I kept noticing over and over again was it was the people side that was much harder of getting people to agree on what what is the problem and, and why, is it, why is it problematic? And everybody would see it a little bit differently because everybody's job is a little bit different. And mm-hmm. A lot of the time just started to have those conversations where everybody agreed that there was a problem and it needs to be fixed. But as I was trying to dig into it to figure out, okay, well, what can I do to solve it and make this better for you? It it really struck into sort of turf territory of well, I'm doing everything right, and everybody else isn't respectful of my time. Or, you know, I the way I do it is the one right way. And, and other people don't know. And you need a level of trust and psychological safety mm-hmm. and accountability to, to have an honest conversation about that. And so I felt like I was running in circles, getting totally different stories from each client, but then I couldn't get them to talk to each other. And I thought there has to be a better way to bring up these hard conversations and to help people see that their way of seeing their work and, and seeing the problems and talking about it was very influenced by whatever lens they had, their life experience, their professional background, um, their Individual goals and objectives within their role. And they couldn't really grasp that other people would have a very different take on it. And so, in trying to find a way to have those conversations to help me do my work, I sort of stumbled upon using games as. A metaphor or controlled experiment for people to to see how they show up and see how they talk with each other and catch themselves in the moment making an assumption about what's motivating somebody else's behavior that they would interpret
1: as less generous than than what is is needed. That's fascinating. I mean, it really is fascinating on how you approach it and just you know, like you said, the different methodolo- methodological tools that you brought to it. I'm surp- I'm, I'm interested. What's been the most surprising? as you've embarked on this venture and then, you know, started to create the the tools or the game tools, if you will, the gaming tools to get people to really start to open up?
0: One of the most surprising things is how many people just don't have the time or the comfort level to be reflective, um, sort of mindful and reflective of First of all, how do they show up and what are their behavior patterns? What types of situations or what types of people in terms of their characteristics or knowledge base brings out the best in them and motivates them and engages them and what makes them withdraw or makes them defensive? Mm -hmm. If you're not aware of what those things are, you're probably constantly putting yourself in a position where you're not performing your best because you're exposing yourself and you don't know how to advocate for yourself. So giving people the tools and the language and the space to be reflective and to look at, oh, wow, when I respond this way to this type of question, to me, I feel like I'm being attacked so I respond in a defensive way, but then it's gonna get an even worse response from the other person, and so we're all gonna be worse off. People realize that and don't want to be a jerk. People wanna see themselves as great teammates and great collaborators and and be able to perform. And so having seeing the power of reflection to find little tiny opportunities to communicate differently or to understand somebody else differently or to be more engaged in making a sort of change and being part of a change is is that's fascinating. pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, that is so fascinating. I think that's, so I was, as you were speaking, I was like, you know what? That's beyond a golden gem. I always say when when a guest drops a gem, I was like, that's a golden gem. I'm moving from golden. To me, that's a platinum gem. You know, I, I, I use the metaphor of changing hats. So you can't see me right now, but if you do see me, then I'm using the metaphor of, of, or a demonstration of changing a baseball cap to a cap. And I do that a lot with my team, right? And to me, I put on the coach hat because as a coach, that's one of the things you really help a person do, right? To self-reflect, self-observations, take time to think. And to think that people don't have the time, have the space or give themselves permission to self-reflect enough is huge. I think if people rest self-reflected More, we'd probably have a lot less crime, (laughs) a lot less um, breakups that lead to makeups, right? A lot less just disruption and disenergy. people just stop and think about what the pattern of the anger and resentment. And the other piece to that, I think, is a platinum gem because if you think about what it's taking for you to stop and take an action. It it makes me think about this book I'm reading, 10X is Better Than 2X by Dan Sullivan, right? And the 10X moves that you make in your life are, are, they take time. You have to step back from your life. You have to step back from doing and moving and micromanagement to take time to really reflect on a big leap or a big step or a big change. And he talks a lot in the book about The fact that you're always taking 10X moves, right? When you got married, it was a 10X move. When you decided where you're going to go to school, that's the 10X move. When you decided to go after a new uh, uh, career shift, that's the 10X move. So you've done them before, but sometimes 10X moves, doing something new feels daunting and almost like suffocating because it's something you haven't done before, but you have to just stop and reflect on the 10X moves you made before. And if you make a list of those and then look back at it, you can say, ah, I've been here before. I've been successful before. So I will be okay again. So that makes me think about you with this 10X move with Barometer XP. You told us the how, I mean, you told us the why, but how, how do you then take Barometer XP into organizations to really make that difference and that change?
0: Yeah, so one of my co-founders, uh, Peter Williamson, uh, is a game designer. He has a design background and not video games or computer games. It's not gamification, but he has a really keen understanding of game mechanics. So that's what are you actually doing in a game? Is there a guessing component? Is there a timer component? Is there a you know, bluffing component? There's dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of little mechanics and games. And based on those mechanics, how do people interact? What type of interpersonal mm. dynamics are caused by that? And those interpersonal dynamics, negotiation, competition, thinking creatively, grit, perseverance, those are all the essential human skills that are important in the workplace. So through really just experimenting, we would make up little games together. We... we immediately had really great brain chemistry together and knew we liked each other and wanted to do something together, but we didn't really know where it was going. We just, let's start creating games and trying them out and see what happens. And this was over a, process, a period of a couple of years. And once we started getting in and doing games with different teams, we realized that there was a science to it. Okay, these types of games are really good at starting these types of conversations for teams. So let's say you have new people that are coming in and you just want to get to know each other and see what are people's strengths, what are people's sense of humor, what makes people tick. These are really great types of games to play. You might not want to play these games that are really competitive or that require um, a sort of strategic hard thinking because that the stakes are a little bit too high. People are just going to, to getting to know each other. You want them to be more creative and, and free thinking. Um, whereas if you want a team to practice, you know, let's say a team just did DISC or strength fight or one of the assessments and how do you practice leveraging those strengths and being more open-minded to strengths that are different than yours and different perspectives? Well, maybe you would want a more difficult game that's going to more closely resemble the experience of work together to practice uh, putting those insights into action. Mm. So and that's really what, in addition to using the games, really what Barometer has created is a, a scientific way to match the right type of game experience for the broader learning, development, uh, organization change outcomes that, that a, a is, team or company is looking
1: for. Oh my word. That is mind-blowing. That, bravo. <laughs> that kind of immediately leads to then. So if a company, you know, somebody's sitting on, listening to the podcast now, and they're having, let's let's give you, let's paint a scenario. So I'm having real issues around communication, duh, what company, what organization doesn't. So my team is really not as effective as they could be. They're not as productive as they could be. We 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 have this goal we're trying to reach, and, and we're not there, whether it's revenue or if it's profit or if it's, um, we're not trying to create a new solution or innovation. They are stuck, and they're not engaging like they should. And makes me think about five different clients in the past five years. When they pick up the phone to you, what's their, is that a great scenario to pick up the phone and and speak to you about bringing you in?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And usually what we do is we have an assessment that we've created to really get into what's the employee experience. And people have all the words that they'll use, but people use words that's different ways and, and, you know, they might've said things. So it's a really quick assessment that I basically assesses the team on nine different dimensions. How, uh, you know, how included do people feel? Like, you know, can they show up as their authentic self? Can they voice their ideas? Do they feel like they um have a clear path for how to grow in their role? All of these detailed questions. And based on what the responses are, we would say, okay, overall, this team is really aligned on these dimensions of their culture, but not so aligned. And and these ones are seen more as pain points. So maybe we'll go in and address some of those. So communication and clarity uh, are some of the biggest pain points that, that come up. And even, it's fascinating, if you go in and do a game, even just in how you set up the instructions can bring about really imp- powerful insights among a team. Some people want to hear every little detail of the instruction before they start playing. They have to have the eyes dotted, like everything exactly. has to be really clear. Some people are like, let's just figure it out as we go along, whatever, if we mess up the first time. But that same approach is going to affect how people work. And if you don't know that, if you have a team of people where half of them are really, really Cautious and you know want to to know exactly what they're getting into before they start, and the other half is like, yeah, we'll figure it out, and we can always go back. That's going to show up as tension,
1: not just a communication challenge, but real tension and conflict. That is fascinating, Alex. I knew this was going to be an interesting conversation, but it's fascinating. So she dropped another another platinum nugget. I hope you guys were paying attention. And if you are a manager or a CEO or COO or you you know lead teams. Notice the point she made. Employee experience is different things to different organizations, and it comes down to different alignment structures. So a lot of people come on the optimized Workplace and talk about employee experience. But what I just took from what you said is that as you're defining that, it's multiple levels, right? So it's not. it could be the game and how people approach problem solving. That's one nugget. But it could also be this piece, as you just said, about the path of growth. You also mentioned inclusivity, feeling included. So there's lots of different things that are are nuggets around the cultural experience. And I think sometimes, you know, as managers, team leads, CEOs, whatever, we sometimes approach it as, well, I've got the cultural experience or the employee engagement or the employee experience wound around X, which you could. But to me, as you painted that picture, it's kind of like building a house or thinking about your house. So you may have great structure and bones, but you haven't done anything around interior design. Or maybe you've done great interior design, but you haven't done anything around plumbing. Or you have great plumbing, but you haven't done anything around the electrical. All of that is the functionality of the house. So all of those pieces you just said are the functionality of the employee experience. Right. Yeah, and every every leader is going to be okay.
0: That for me, the plumbing and the electricity is the most important thing. I don't care as much about the interior design. Which okay, that that's that's a leadership style. But if everybody on your team is like, where are the pillows and the drapes don't match, and you know, if everybody thinks that's important, well, how are you addressing that? How are you setting them up for success? Or, you know, are you able to understand what their needs are and and to give it to them? And I think that's what's really missing in a lot of. Um, leadership development and and team development is just what do people need to feel like they're empowered to succeed in their work mm-hmm. and it's not universal. Everybody's a little bit different and you want that. That's how you leverage the power of diversity to to get such high performing teams. But you have to make sure that you're at least, if not fully addressing people's needs, at least acknowledging uh, you know their differences and concerns and making space for
1: that. You mentioned something, Alex, which I think a lot that resonates a lot with leaders around how you develop people. You mentioned the word hypo, high potential, right? How can you use this gaming methodology, bringing gaming into your company culture to really affect strengths, maybe, you know, identify weaknesses, but really help your high potential employees develop further?
0: Yeah. I mean, our big philosophy is that games should be a regular part of a team's ongoing development and evolution, um, because every game is going to be different. And there's we see three levels of depth that you can get from from game one is just the value of spending time together outside of the, the high pressure work and getting to know each other as people and you know, understanding strengths and, and ideas and becoming more comfortable with each other. You need that level of trust and comfort in order to get through the more difficult times. The middle layer is being bringing that level of mindfulness to, oh, wow, Fran is really good when it comes to solving puzzles where you have to look at information from a lot of different ways and get persistent, whereas I get really frustrated and just want to you know shut down. And so I know yeah. that I'm going to go to Fran when this type of thing comes up. And so getting to see how people show up and what they bring, what ideas, mm-hmm. what strengths, um what triggers show up in different situations is really valuable for a manager to see and get ideas for, is there a new process we need to put in place? Should we be structuring meetings a little bit differently so that there's time for people to uh, to share ideas in a different way or to, to address feedback that's come up? And then the deepest level is looking at how is this team performing across these games? Are there any patterns? Is there a sign that maybe people don't uh, aren't good at holding themselves accountable and we need to do some sort of culture work or maybe put in a new process about accountability or maybe people really like communicating via um you know via conversations but most of our most of our communication is over slack so do we need to build in some more synchronous voice you know do we need different tools or processes so by for a manager watching how your team shows up and and how they succeed and how they stumble within the context of the game is going to give you really great ideas for how to lead and manage both individuals and the team as a whole to to continue to have help the team grow
1: and evolve. yeah, I think the more you talk, I can see this being a phenomenal tool. You know, this is one of those tools that it's like, oh, my gosh, why were we not doing this before? It's like when I discovered I think of this when I sometimes when I think about, you know, outliers, when I discovered improv as a speaker. I did improv 20 years ago. And, you know, it's just so many things that you experience in that moment that you were like, oh, oh. Oh, it's like a new awareness, right? It's like, I guess babies when they discover different limbs, it's just it's a new awareness. It's like, oh, I can do different stuff now. I didn't think that was even possible. So I can see how gaming can bring those elements out of personality. So I want to switch gears here a little bit because uh, again, you're a small business, but a blooming, venture, uh, woman-owned business, I'd love to hear from you as to, you know, are there any exciting projects that you have on the horizon? Anything you'd like to share with our listeners about Barometer XP and what folks can be looking for or finding out about you if they're interested in working with you?
0: Yeah, so probably the most exciting transition for this new year is in the past, we've mostly been a services company, so facilitating retreats or workshops or putting, uh, you know, multi-session leadership development programs together, which I love. But as we started to meet other facilitators and other coaches in in the same space and adjacent spaces. They've had brilliant ideas like this game that we've been using to talk about communication styles would actually be really helpful in uh, a session on diversity and inclusivity. Or this could really get to negotiation skills. So that gave us the idea, well, how do we package this approach and package these tools in a way that other facilitators and coaches can start using them? So we've launched a certification program to teach the art of game facilitation. How do you pick the right game? How do you structure the instructions to to look at some of those different, you know, information processing styles? How do you pick the right reflective questions? Uh, You know, how do you set it up? And then how do you integrate the game into a broader workshop or a broader event context? And that, to me, is is the most exciting thing to see how other people are starting to apply these, these principles. And, Every day, I talk to somebody else who's gone through the program and hear the story of, you know, oh, I did this with the team, and I never would have thought to do it that way. And mm-hmm. so, together, we're building this body of knowledge of of using games as a much more rigorous tool uh, in in the learning and development process. And that
1: just it just makes my heart sing. I bet. I bet. That's thrilling as a as a founder. I can only imagine. And what immediately came up to me, which I don't know if you've thought about, but you should, is, um, you know, our typically one of our, our, our key decision makers in our work are HR practitioners. And as the evolution of well-being has, you know, I started in 97, so it's expanded. What I have found over the last, I would say, maybe last 10 to 15 years, is that a lot of individuals within organizations love the idea of well-being and wellness so much that they want to embody that and and be certified or have a specialty so that they can bring it to their own um, body of work or to their own constituents or to their own members. So I think thinking about those inside organizations like HR um, or other talent management folks would be great. That's yes. yes, the one piece. And I think that would be phenomenal for your business. And then obviously, I mean, when you think about the coach universe and so many people that can benefit from games, I can think of a couple of clients that could easily benefit from what you're offering, easily be a, a nice partnership, because I think people can see it. The other piece I thought about is that their whole return to work movement of why come back to work. Well, no matter how great the experience can be, it's even better when it's in person, Right. You get to see different elements about people. It's great on Zoom. Zoom is cool, but Zoom is not for everybody and it's not for all the time. So when you need to have real connection, right? You need to be together. And so I can easily see how, uh, you know, a tool like this would be great and people could be bringing people together and giving them a reason to want to come and collaborate.
0: Yeah, and and you know, part of the fact that we you know we have a whole database of, of games that we've gone through and mapped out what are the different mechanics in each one and what are those interpersonal dynamics, what aspects of culture or, or um you know emotional intelligence does that game tap into? And pretty much all of them can be done in person or virtually. And it is a pretty different experience, but the differences are profound. I mean, you tap into a whole different set of communication challenges in virtual work. So if a team works together, even in part on a remote basis, they should probably play some games remotely to see you know, what happens when some people are putting a lot of stuff in the chat and that stresses other people out. So they feel like they're missing out on half the conversation. I mean, that probably <laughs> happens in every Zoom meeting I'm on. And so Mm -hmm. let's, how do you deal with it? Let's talk about how to deal with it in the context of this game, rather than let frustration and anger fester at work. So eventually, you know, it blows up or causes, you know, a much harder to repair
1: uh, rift in the culture. This is fantastic. This has been such an amazing conversation, Alex. I'm so excited to hear about your company and to see how we can collaborate and even support the growth of Barometer XP. I applaud what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. And I could see having worked with countless cultures and and employee groups over the years, it is much needed. So I applaud you on that as well. So as we wrap things up, I'm asking all guests this year, and I'd love to ask you, what is your embodiment of well-being when it comes to your life overall? And if you have a game perspective to it, that's great too. But what are you going to do to embody well-being for yourself this year?
0: Oh, that's a great question. There's two things. One is... Boundaries. This is my year. You have big ambitions with the company, but I can get really sucked in and, and make my whole life and all of my mental energy go to work. And maybe for a few weeks that feels really energizing, but then in the long run, it's really draining. So yeah. I'm really trying to put clear boundaries on how many hours I work and make sure I have plans on evenings and weekends so that I can do other, you know, be with other people and, and do other things that that enrich other parts of my brain. I take a dance class every week, which is like Therapy. Oh, so really it. like the, yes. best, the best. Um, so that's one thing. And then just trying to practice what I preach is be really mindful of when when a conversation or when I'm in a situation that is I don't feel good in it. I, what is that? What's the opportunity for me to learn and grow? And, you know, what assumptions am I making about what's motivating other people? What's motivating myself and and how do I you know, not run away from emotions, but really lean into them to to work through how to feel better in different situations?
1: Well, I love what you're doing. I love the the embodiment of your persona and what you're bringing to bear. I'm sure you're making a huge impact for your clients. It has been a really great conversation. And I look forward to continuing this conversation. I think we got some things to talk about in the green room off camera. So I look forward to that as well. So thank you for being with us.
0: Thank you. It's been a lot of
1: fun. And thank you, all of you, for joining us for the Optimized Workplace today. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop. And remember, just like Alex said, it's many that small, monumental moments that can make the biggest difference in your life. It's not everything, it's one thing at a time. I'm Fran, take care everyone, bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Optimized Workplace. For more insights and resources, visit theoptimizedworkplace.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word and share with those who will enjoy it as well. See you soon.